Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. This is the London is Blue podcast. Your home for the champions of England. Bringing all Chelsea fans together here, near, and far. Hosted by Dan, Nick, and Brandon. All right, we are back, Chelsea fans, with a midweek podcast. That is right. A midweek episode of the London is Blue podcast presented by WorldSoccerShop.com. Man, there is nothing like Champions League back to interrupt our week. Fake meetings, fake appointments. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> and so I brought back Dan and Nick, the experts at work aversion when it comes to Champions League. Am I right, gents? <coughs> oh, my God. Ugh. I'm just barely getting over that. I mean, you can tell that it's real because I just did it. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't buy that. I think you were, you're faking. <laughs> fake news good thing you're not his boss because hey you know yeah. over here in america the rest of you international fans we get it you got to make sacrifices move the old schedule around a little bit to uh, make it work but hopefully you were able to watch it uh, i had it up on an ipad as i actually was doing some work but you know it wasn't the most sure you were it wasn't sure the most uh, intense end to end match it was very much a one-sided affair i believe so in case you uh, needed to to know, we are going to be covering the Karabag match, Champions League, guys. Hearing that anthem for the first time, Nick, gave me a little bit of chills, made the hair on my arm stand up a bit. Yeah, well, I think we had some Champions. comments. <laughs> we 
we had some comments after we did that uh, for our last uh, for our last podcast, and I think that I think that Dan and I together, man, when we really get that going, it is tough to stop. <laughs> Dan, did you see the video on Facebook? <laughs> did you see the video on Facebook where the little baby was crying, and then they played the Champions League anthem, and it stopped? I mean, I think it would stop wars. I think it would stop mm. oppression. I would play it on a boombox outside in the winds against Hurricane Irma, and it magically moved it away from Tampa. So if you're wondering about the power of mm. the Champions League song, that's all you need to know. Dan, were you one of the people that shot their gun at the hurricane? <laughs> uh, I, don't, I personally don't believe in gun ownership, so uh, we should probably just move on. <laughs> Hot button issue. Check. All right. Well, Dan, we'll go ahead and let you uh, highlight our iTunes review. Shout outs for you all leaving five-star reviews. And apparently we're making an exception this week because it was a quick turnaround. Yeah, there was a, there was one that's uh, awesome from uh, TKP45. Give us a four-star, but I think he kind of highlighted that, you know, sometimes we have some background noise, which, you know what, that might happen. And we, we appreciate the you know the feedback to help us improve. And always constantly working to try to make it a, a better show. So, you know, we, we typically don't read the four stars, but we really appreciate you kind of highlighting the fact that we, we always have an opportunity to make it a better show. So uh, if you would like to get a shout out on the show, uh, five star review typically is the way to go and the preferred method of letting us know that you're listening and enjoying what's going on in the show. All right. Well, per usual, we are going to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor. But right after that, we're diving deep dive into the match review from today. Here we go. Dan, the third kit uh, for Chelsea was released today. Can you sum up its appearance in a few it, words? Uh, camo. Yes. Gray. Black. Also that. Blue. Mm-hmm. Champions League badges. Ooh, fancy. Well, Which is uh, a customizable option. Yeah, and I think that we're all on board with the Champions League patches. They're shiny. They're cool. We're back in the competition. Uh, Finally, the kit was released today. Go to worldsoccershop.com. Use a referral link. You know how to get there by now. Uh, If you need help, uh, you know, always just tweet us, DM us. We can uh, hook you up with the right site. But, uh, yeah, this is the best way to support our show, to support a sponsorship with them. And uh, go buy that sexy new kit. Boom. All right, well, here we go. Karabag FK Football Club. They are from Azerbaijan, in case you, like a lot of us, were unfamiliar with them. It was the Champions League competition, and it was a rainy night at Stamford Bridge. In case you missed it, it was this past Tuesday, September 12th, Blue Six, the Horseman Zero. And yes, I verified on Wikipedia that is their nickname. The Horseman. That's some great research there, Brandon. Yeah, that is the kind of research that you don't get anywhere else. Because Brandon is in a Wikipedia hole for days. It happens before you know it. It's Thursday. But anyways, <laughs> pointing this out, it was Chelsea's joint biggest win in the Champions League. 6 nothing against Marbor was the last time back in 2014. Uh, and then I also thought this was pretty interesting. So I read Matt Law's match review in the Telegraph, and he wrote in there, quote, spare a thought for visiting Captain Rashad Sadiagov. Earlier in the day, he had overseen a 5 nothing defeat to Chelsea for the club's under-19 match in the UEFA Youth League. In his other job is Karabag's youth coach. Sadiagov left that game early in order to prepare for the senior side's first-ever appearance in the Champions League and suffered an even heavier defeat 
feet than the club's youngsters, end quote. I mean, Dan, sorry for the pun, but when it rains, it pours. Oh, wow. Boo. This is, Boo this man. You can, you can tell we are not as used to Champions League with mid- midweek matches as we were a couple seasons ago. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, look, we, we've got a great youth program. Uh, if you don't remember, we won the Champions League youth uh, tournaments in the past two seasons that we were involved. So, uh, you know, fortunately, if your club's senior side does not qualify, you are not allowed to be a part of the competition because I imagine Chelsea would have cleaned up again last season. So uh, unfortunate for uh, the wonderful visiting captain. So uh, it's sad, but, you know, it was a great win for us today. Negative 11 goal difference just on the day. Uh, absolutely brutal the guy. But, um, you know, Dan, I guess running through this lineup, there were five changes from the weekend against Leicester City. The the Conte rotation machine has started. We have pressed the button and it is spinning around. We saw Mishi up top with Pedro and William. Got Alonso, Fabregas, Conte, Zabacosta, Cahill, Christensen, Azpilicueta, and then Courtois between the sticks. So, I mean, I, I think there were a couple of, you know, interesting changes here. You know, we did see some substitutes used in Hazard coming on, Rudiger coming on, and Bakayoko coming on. Uh, Willie C., David Luiz, and Victor Moses and Maranta, uh do not make an appearance off the bench. So, I, I know a couple of people had asked about where Musanda, Charlie Jr., was going to appear and he, he did not make the cut today, Nick. Yeah, that's uh, that was the surprising thing. I think that uh, quotes in the press and maybe a little uh, sleight of hand in direction from uh, the player and Conte himself uh, led to some uh, interesting uh, lineup decisions. You know, certainly you think that against Karabag, he could have really made an impact. Um, and, and maybe giving Pedro William a rest, but uh, as it is, I mean, he's still fighting uphill against a lot of really talented players, and he's going to have to, uh, you know, really show it in training to to earn his spot here. It's not going to be uh, as easy as as a weak opponent coming to Stanford Bridge for him to get a, a chance to play. Yeah, and a lot of it came from that Instagram post that he put. Essentially, I think it was like five years in the making. He really built it up himself, making it sound like, you know, this was going to be a big moment for him. Ended up not being so. Conte actually went with a really strong lineup and bench. But, I mean, if you kind of look at it, and we didn't know how the Roma and Atletico result was going to go, this was a perfect opportunity, getting early three points. And not only that, we created a huge gap in goal difference as well. And I think that Champions League heavily relies on goals scored as well, trying to encourage people to go out and attack. So uh, all in all, it was, I mean, as, as great of a start as we could get. So with that being said, let's go ahead and just start running through the goals since it's going to take us a while. Um, <laughs> I mean, where do we even start, Nick? Maybe fifth minute? In the fifth minute, Brandon, uh, one... Pedro, um, absolutely great assist from Lillian, just takes a shot, top of the box, right-footed curler. I think it bangs off the bar if I see all the replays correctly. It just is out of reach um, of Carabag's keeper. And, you know, of all the starts, we, we desperately, you know, wanted to win this game at home, put a huge gap in goal differential between us and uh, the rest of the teams in our group. This was the perfect way to get the uh, the event started at Stanford Bridge. And, you know, Dan, really good to see Pedro 
involved here. And I really think that, uh, you know, for his confidence kind of coming off of his facial fractures and, you know, the way that last season ended for him, then, you know, it's, it's a really good thing for him to, uh, uh, get this goal. Well, and even the, the assist from William too, you know, I think ultimately both these players have probably been playing more minutes. I think than either of them thought they would at the end of last season, ending in this one with hazards injury and the fact that, you know, they were able to work together for the goal was uh, was a nice little piece of business. Well, main man in the 30th minute, Zapacosta. Uh, it was actually an unassisted goal, I believe, actually. Well, okay, technically, Tibor Courtois smashed it to him. So, you know, technically, he took enough touches to make it unassisted. But the big question was shot or cross, obviously. Uh, that was answered. He did come out and admit that it was a cross gone wrong. But compared to Alonso's cross gone wrong in the second half that skied into the stands, I'd say that... Zappacosta aired on the side of benefit for this one. Um, Kyle Labras on Twitter asks us if he had to pick cross or shot. Uh, I think we all said in the text it was definitely supposed to be cross. I mean, am I misreading anyone on that one? No, I mean, no, I think it, that's that, what that it was is. a cross. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, fun fact Tibor Courtois' assist for Davide Zappacosta's strike was the first by a keeper in the Champions League since Fraser Forster set up Tony Watt. For Celtic against oh, Barca, keeper love. I remember that goal. That was a huge goal too. That was amazing. Um, let's see. Zapacosta admitted it, and you know, I think that he might be surprised. This is another one from Matt Law. Pretty funny. Zapacosta is now only one goal behind Diego Costa in goal scored in the Champions League. <laughs> I mean, boy, that, oh I mean, my gosh, that's kind of digging it in a little bit, Matt. Come on, man. <laughs> but isn't that kind of crazy that Costa only has one more goal than that in the Champions League? It's true. I mean, he hasn't really performed for Chelsea there, Dan. I mean, it's pretty obvious, but I mean, it's it's the direct comparison to a dude who's not even really on the squad right now. You know, come on. Oh, that was that was the uh, Macab Tel Aviv game where he scored too with the uh, the four the four nil win. That was uh, you were yeah. there for that, weren't you? I was there for that, and uh, I mean, really, at that point, every, everyone should. I mean, it was similar to Karabag. Like, you know, ultimately, you're playing an opponent that. You know, you have every right to be mopping the floor with and building a goal differential that is going to jettison you into the next stage of the Champions League. And you know, Zappacasa had a, had a great debut uh, debut night, and you know, I, I really appreciate not just the fact that Zappacasa admitted it was a cross, but Conte in the press conference afterwards admitted it and completely blew up his spot too, which was uh, was very nice to see. All right, fifty fifth minute, Azpilicueta. Getting his first ever Champions League goal, assist from Fabregas, continuing that Spanish connection that we've seen so much. Uh, pretty simple, just across from the top of the box. Uh, Dave in the mix there, and just a pretty easy flick on header, I'd say. Nothing too crazy, Dan, that, you know, essentially Dave didn't have to do anything crazy to get on the end of it and score. No, perfect placement from Fabregas, and, you know, first Champions League goal from. Azpilicueta, vice captain of the team, uh, heavily praised afterwards for his uh, positivity, professionalism, and just general play for the team by Conte after the match. And I mean, you know, clearly our, our Spaniards love heading in goals right now. So it's it's quite exceptional. If Azpilicueta wants to start adding a couple in during the Premier League too, and, and maybe like two or three from the box, you know, and some set pieces, that'd be pretty cool. 
because uh, I know we, you know, we were definitely thinking about where, where is that defensive type of influence within our, our goals and where they're going to come from this season. And uh, maybe Aspilqueto is going to, you know, try to push up to that double digit tally this year. Well, who was the first person he ran to go see? Murata. And I think there was a little bit of cheekiness there um, just from the headed goal perspective and kind of that Spanish connection. But I, I also would quickly say on Dave, and we'll get to him in a minute, but I think Antonio Conte loves this man to death because he does all the right stuff all the time, is a super hard worker, absolutely deserves that goal. Fantastic for him. All right, next one up is Baka Yoko coming on in the second half as a sub. 71st minute uh, is unassisted. Essentially, Karabag couldn't clear a corner out of the box. It fell right to him, and he smashed his shot off the Karabag defender and in. I mean, uh, more or less just sloppy defending than anything. Kind of a, a gift that he took well, I'd say for sure. Um, 76th minute though, Nick, Batshuayi, finally, he just struggled all match and then didn't really have a lot going for him. And I don't know how he was this wide open at the top of the box, but essentially turned, took a dribble and shot near post. And it was, I was surprised this shot beat the keeper as easily as it did as well. I mean, all around just essentially Karabag looked like they had been completely deflated at this point. Yeah, and and look, I mean, I think around the 60th minute, they they really lost legs and, um, you know, defensively started making errors. You know, this goes out to uh, Hazard, who flicks it over to Mishi, who, um, you know, just kind of took it one time. And, and, you know, for a guy who really, 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 really struggled in this match, it is, you know, it's kind of a testament to, you know, you just keep on grinding. And, you know, sometimes it'll work out. And really, for a striker, if you get that goal... You know, that's all that matters. And, uh, I, you know, I'm proud of him for, for, you know, stepping up and continuing to fight. You know, certainly he has a lot to work on, and we'll get to that. But, yeah, good good goal for him, and, and nice to see him kind of get rewarded for the effort. All right. Well, we got to round this one out, Dan. Uh, was it a Batshuayi or a Medvedev own goal in the 82nd minute? It was an own goal, but I think all credit to this goal goes to Zappacosta going down the right-hand side and just – getting the ball in the perfect bit of space to where Mishi was heading. So Mishi was doing a great job kind of running in the box to be present for the cross. Um, but, you know, the Carabag, you know, player is just right there. There's a tangle of legs and it goes in past the keeper. I mean, that's a, you got to hope for those type of goals sometimes where it's in the box, a little chaos ensues, and ultimately a player kind of nets it back into their own, their own goal. So, you would have liked it to be Mishi. You'd have loved for him to have a brace to walk away from this match. He probably feels almost like he's kind of got that brace. But I think, again, Zappacasa, incredible influence on the right-hand side, both for the Chacross and then for his you know assist to the own goal. Also, it's a Shass, not a Chacross. I'm going to go Shass, with Shass. Is that we're gonna, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, we probably can come up with an official term there. Maybe go to Urban Dictionary for it. The Men in Blazers uh, kind of patented the Shass, so I'm going to follow their lead on this one. Okay, the Shass. Shass? Yep. Shass. All right, well, I think we will go ahead. Oh, I guess it is good to point out that um, that was Zappacosta's. Uh, rounded out his day for goal and assist. Um, 
widely considered a fantastic performance from him. So I think we're just going to go ahead and roll kind of in that. There was a ton of praise on Twitter and Instagram and social media for Zapacosta. Obviously, he had a good performance, but guys, Karabag is a great story off the pitch about bringing a community and country together through war. I love it. I appreciate it. But from a footballing sense, we couldn't have asked for a better first match given the other teams in our group. They are... Karabag are far from the quality we'll see against Roma and Atletico and other teams in the Champions League. But again, three points off the bat and a ton of goals. Where do you kind of stand on the display? I mean, like I said, I don't want to take too much away from Chelsea, but this is a pretty much a cakewalk in this match. Yeah, they were a punching bag. I mean, it, unfortunately, they're just, you know, uh, it's, it's hard to expect a team who does not play the level of competition, even in, in you know, like the French league, to come up against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge when you know Antonio Conte has this machine well oiled and ready to rock, and expect them to to really put up much of a fight. And to Chelsea's credit, you know, I think they took the match seriously. Um, you know, I think you know you you've seen in previous Champions League group stage matches that. You know, Chelsea have got uh, or been bit by you know teams that they've underestimated, and I think they came out today with the goal of putting it away by halftime and, and getting you know some uh, minutes for Hazard, getting some minutes for Bakayoko, you know, and, and things like that, and really just making a professional appearance out of it, Dan. And, and that's where I am uh, very excited about this performance. I think the thing that I really appreciated was getting a chance to see you know some rotation, and we, you know, we've talked about prior to the window closing and, and securing a couple deals, how important it was going to be for, you know, Conte to start rotating the side as we look to compete on all four fronts. And you know, I think Nazar after the match, you know, one of our friends from goal talked about how he feels that he think, you know, he feels that at this point with our size of the squad and the players that we have, that we absolutely can, can do that. And I, I would agree. I think the fact that you can really play on, well, I almost just would say a lower setting, you know, it's almost like you, you know, are, you know, uh, the most experienced FIFA player in the world and you drop down the difficulty one or two, you know, you're going to start banging in seven, eight, nine, ten goals. And that's kind of what Chelsea had the opportunity to do and, and not to, you know, take anything away from Carabog and, and the story, but their class of footballer, like they are going to get beat in pretty hard by Atletico. They're going to get beat in pretty hard by Roma. And that's not to say that that's, you know, it, it sucks for them. But I think it was great to get Christensen out there for, you know, 90 minutes. It was great to get Bakayoko out there and to, to give him more time to get Mishi opportunity to improve as a striker, you know, under Conte's system. It, it's not something we're always going to be afforded the opportunity to do. And to get some of those players' minutes is probably the most important thing outside of any of the goals. I would have taken... As much as it would suck to have a one or two or three, you know, three nil win, I would have taken any of that to get more rotation of players to get, I've traded like two goals for one or two extra subs. Well, a lot of people speaking of subs are actually a change in the lineup. Uh, v factor 07 on Instagram and the real Patel are both asking, what does this mean for Victor Moses? Now we even saw the goal when Zapacasa scored, uh, who was it? Hazard and Willie Caballero, or, you know, Caballero and someone else were like ribbing Moses, giving him a hard time, and he chuckled. I mean, obviously there was no malice in that towards him, but the way it kind of stands, like, yeah, he's coming off a goal and assist, 
but this was a, a much lower level for him to come in at. So I guess the question is, is Zappacosta an upgrade on Moses? We don't know that yet. You know, I think that when we see Zappacosta play against a top quality Premier League side and perform at the level um, of Victor Moses or above, then, you know, we can start to make some direct comparisons. I mean, Victor Moses would have beaten up on these guys today, too. He might not have scored that goal. Um, but, you know, if, if you're telling me that his athleticism uh, wouldn't have taken uh, him past, uh, you know, an opponent's left back uh, today, then I think you're, you're crazy. And I think that it's really easy to get excited about a guy, uh, a new guy to the team, especially in a position where we've needed depth for a really long time. Uh, I'm encouraged uh, by Zappacosta's performance just as much as anybody else. But what I'm most excited about is that Victor Moses has basically a full week of uh, of rest now to get ready for Arsenal, You know, a team that he has been good against in the past. And so we're going to find out, Dan, if, if you know, Zappacosta can replace him consistently in starting lineup. But he certainly made a good case today. I think the the benefit is always competition within positions. Uh, it, ultimately, to have someone behind either Alonso or behind Moses, because you know Conte has has indicated that he can do left or right wing back, is beneficial because that just makes the players better. You know, having Morata there should make Mishi a better player, and you know, vice versa. Um, you know, Pedro and William make each other better because when Hazard's in, you're fighting for one spot on you know, the right wing to play for. Um, you know, Drinkwater and Fabregas and Conte and Bakayoko are going to make each other better because they are competing for spots. This only makes our team better to have these type of difficult choices to make. I don't think, to the point that Nick made, anyone is going to displace Victor Moses today. But that's not to say that Zappacosta can't with a run of form or some great performances or injury because, let's face it, like we really, really, really were really lucky last season to not undergo very long or prolonged injuries to any of our main players. Yes. And to know that this is now a benefit because we have depth, because we have players who can slot in and potentially either perform at the same level or even exceed the level of maybe that existing starting 11 is a fantastic place to be i think that a lot of those guys that came in as subs today those five changes um they probably are just literally getting starters rest so i mean maybe zapacosta will come in for alonzo on the left against arsenal which would be kind of crazy because alonzo pedro conte uh aspi Lequeta, those are the guys that have played two matches in four days we'll see if they'll be able to get their legs back but i'm totally on the same same platform as you guys like zapacosta had a great performance today but we don't have a body work to go from uh i think they were giving moses a rest so he's fully fresh for the arsenal match this weekend thankfully they play thursday uh so that'll be tougher for them even though it's europa league um the next one I wanted to ask about is it, it was a slow day for the defense, but I want to talk about Cahill and Christensen. I mean, Cahill coming back from his suspension and Christensen getting another run out full 90. And he was the anchor of the three-man defense at SP Beal saying, isn't it great to see Christensen slot into the Louise role seamlessly? Amazing how that's now called the Louise role as well. When <laughs> we signed him on deadline day, it was a panic buy. And now he's like... 
you know, rediscovered his form and essentially has now his own Makalele role. It's funny how that works all of a sudden. You know, so, I mean, I think Christensen never looks like he is, like, anything in the game is affecting him. I think he's, he's super composed. You know, he had a a total percentage of, I think he was at over at 95% pass completion today. You know, again, Carabag only mar- managed five touches in Chelsea's penalty area, so it wasn't like he had the most work to do, but he had great distribution. And he looks, he looks silky smooth in the role. Like, I, I think... You know, he is the type of player who will be, you know, groomed to either take over or again, look, if Louise gets injured and there was a part last season where it wouldn't have been great to bring Christensen in when Luis was recovering from, you know, the Aguero chopping down that occurred with the, the, the scissor kick. So, I mean, I, I felt great about that, but I know specifically uh, the blind pass on Twitter wanted to know what you were thinking about Cahill's comeback, Nick. Yeah, so, look, I defended Cahill uh, pretty strongly early in the season, um, you know, and, and I, I look, I think that after his yellow card early in the match, and, and Liam Toomey tweeted out less than 15 minutes into his first Chelsea appearance in a month, uh, Cahill is booked for a very late tackle on uh, Henrique. So, uh, yeah, he's he was a little rusty, Um but, like, I guess, how do you expect him to knock the rust off other than playing? You know, I don't think he was tremendous today by any means. I think that he, you know, it showed that he hadn't been, you know, uh, live in a match in, in a while. But um, I guess I guess for, for those who uh, think that I'm just going to blindly defend Gary Cahill, I, that's not what I'm doing. I don't think he needs blind defense. I think that he's a very good defender. He was a very good defender last year. He'll probably still be a really good defender this year. Um, whether or not he's good enough to unseat Rudiger, who has been a beast, I don't know that. And we asked that question last week as well on the podcast, Brandon, where you know it's it's a it's going to be a really really tough selection uh, scenario for Antonio Conte. Uh, you know, if he has all five of his defenders playing, you know, at Champions League football level, you know, Christensen played really well. Cahill's knocked off some rust today. Rudiger came in for Dave. Dave had an amazing match. You know, Louise is the only one who didn't play today. I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I guess it, my, my question back to our fans would be, do you want Gary Cahill to succeed? <laughs> because if you want him to su- succeed, you want Chelsea to succeed. And uh, if you don't, then I question your motives altogether. I think we'll find out if Cahill is a regular starter this weekend. I mean, if he starts against Arsenal, then to me that shows me he started two matches in a row. He is considered to be the best option at left center back if he doesn't and rudiger comes back in then i think that that is the the final decision that should answer the debate but you know uh, he he did all right he didn't have to do much i was a little worried with that tackle i was like but at the same time you need defenders to go in hard and have confidence he did it um kind of surprising that carabag they absolutely whacked Dave at one point didn't get a card. Right, yeah. That's a really good call out, Brandon. That was a horrible tackle. But I think, like, overall, hey, we're not having the same issues from Premier League referees that we are in the Champions League, so at least we got that going for us. Apparently, English referees are not the best referees in the world, as, you know, some like to say. A statement which shocked no one ever. <laughs> Seriously. Um, I think the last point on the defense, though, is, is 
I mean, I, you guys could disagree. I think Rudiger, Luis, Aspilicueta is right now our strongest possible back line, and it is the back line that I imagine we will see in as long as form continues in every Premier League match bearing injury or form dip for the remainder of the season. I agree with that. Like, and and again, I think that right now, you know, you Brandon said that it was going to be a final decision. I don't think it's ever a final decision. I think that when you go into training every week, it is it might be your job to lose, but you still have to keep it. Uh, and and for those who have competed before on any level, you know, it's your job to beat the man next to you. Like it's your you know, it's Gary Cahill's job if he wants that spot to go get it. You know, and if he can't do it, he won't play very much, just like we saw John Terry last year. If he can do it, it means that we have five guys on or above a level that most teams have. And and I I cannot see the the bad scenario in that. I think it's incredible. The other thing is, like, uh, they have the most chemistry playing together so far this season because they played the most minutes. So it's going to take a lot to disrupt that. So I think that's important, too, is, like, the chemistry in the back line. That was something that went completely unchanged last season, and we know how important it is. Uh, But literally transitioning from from defense to offense, it'd be a shame not to talk about the attack today. We put six past Karabog, and I want to open it up to everyone and just see who really stood out to you guys in attack, anything specific about how the team played, and just all over, like, loving life. I thought Fabregas had so much time that he could orchestrate like he wanted to. Um, Personally, if I were to tee you guys up a little bit, we know Mishi didn't offer a lot, but Pedro and William we kind of said that they were a little lax the last few weeks. They were bright today, but again, maybe that's partially because they're playing down a couple levels. I would say really quick, I think William was all over the place today. Uh, he put in a ton of work, uh, looked you know, kind of back to his best, was back heel flicking, was taking the ball around players, was coming back in the tackle and winning the ball back and then pushing it upfield. Um, you know, almost had a goal as well that went off the crossbar that would have been tremendous. So I, th- I think that he played very, very well. Dan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I would say William, from an attacking standpoint, even though he didn't have, you know, a goal to his name, should have had one. That was so close off the crossbar. That would have been just the sweetest thing to see him score that and, and get away from this feeling that, like, the only thing he can score is off a, a free kick. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, Zappacosta, you know, and, and Nick, you, before we started recording, you made the point that he kind of left Dave a little exposed sometimes on the flanks. Just from his movement forward, from his crosses in the box, from the, the shafts and the way that that kind of floated in, I was, I was really impressed with his offensive contribution. It's just, you know, kind of what we've typically praised Alonzo for, uh, less on the defense and more on the offense that they, they bring to the table. I would also say that, Hazard still looked a little off the pace to me, and I don't know, Brandon, if you felt the same way kind of watching him, that you know, he still looks like he's regaining fitness, which is why you know Conte has been giving him slices of minutes and not necessarily running him out in the beginning and letting him go the full 90. I mean, he played big minutes for Belgium. Martinez played him, what, 60, 70 minutes, something like that. Uh, he had a good layoff to William, who smashed it off the crossbar. 
uh, he's not his normal free-flowing swagger self that we want, but that's literally just going to come with reps of running at people and getting back at it. So I do think he sells a lot to kind of give back to the team in that sense. But, um, yeah, yeah. Well, look, his ceiling is so high that he does have a lot more to give, and it, it will come with time. Um, did, okay, another thing. The Blues' six goals came from only eight shots on target. Like, talk about a machine of efficiency today as well. And off of those eight shots, another one rattled the crossbar. Uh, this is the kind of... Um, let's see, efficiency and lethalness that we didn't have last weekend, Nick, when we were talking about Leicester City, how it should have been 4-5-1, essentially. So this was a great momentum builder and probably, honestly, just like a confidence builder. Like sometimes in sports, like you go and scrimmage the crappy teams in preseason before you play the big game because you want to like build your confidence and go in with momentum. I think that's like what Chelsea did, right? They played like an FCS team in football before they played like the big Saturday night under the lights match against Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, just with the way the performance went today, that it would have been, I think we would have struggled uh, to break down a better defensive side. Uh, you know, for 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 how dominant the performance was, eight shots seems really low to me on target. But, um, you know, again, you can't complain about six goals, um, and I will not do that. But, uh, you know, I think that, yeah, you're right. Like, this is perfect scenario beatable team at home you beat them handily uh you get out without an injury and then you you move on and and focus on you know kind of the the group at hand and and the premier league schedule ahead all right well let's go ahead and move on to our true or false question all right guys here we go mishi redeemed himself at the end with his two maybe one and a half goals uh true or false on that obviously didn't have a lot going for him, overstretching himself, trying to do too much. It didn't click, but he produced at the end. So, uh, Dan, true or false to you about Mishi's performance? I'm going to go with false. I, I think, you know, Liam made a good point, uh, Liam Toomey from ESPN, that he looked more relieved than happy that he scored the goal. And I think. His position to me heading into, you know, you know, the rumors around like Blotti and going after him, even with having Murata, it's very clear that, you know, we talk about competition. There's not anywhere near competition between Mishi and Murata right now. Murata is leagues above Mishi in terms of performance as a striker and to consistently compete in the Champions League and across all four fronts, that is probably the one area I'm most concerned with is, you know, if Murata goes out and injured, the downgrade to Mishi is pretty, pretty substantial. And I don't think it was enough to, it was a great shot, but it doesn't redeem what should have been a day where he could have gotten two or three goals given the quality of competition. Couldn't agree more with that. I thought he was very poor. The runs were to nowhere, um, positioning, holding the ball up the simple stuff that you would expect uh you know him to do he was he was not capable of today and I, i'm not actually sure why um you know it, body language with him is always kind of something i look for didn't really seem that engaged didn't really seem to be talking to his teammates that much and uh you know it, it's it's a bummer man because this was a major opportunity um you know Marazza's on the bench everybody's watching everyone wants him to succeed 
you know, he's a likable guy and, you know, just kind of one of those aimless performances. Um, and, and yeah, the goal, like, you know, again, that's the life of a striker though. I mean, to, to contradict myself, I guess you get the goal, then it's all, it's all kind of gravy, but the overall performance was shit. I think the one point that I would add is that I don't think any of us wants to see Mishi fail. I think the the hope would be is that he takes these performances and continues to build and becomes a partner or a com- legit competitor to Murata in terms of his gold scoring ability for Chelsea. I just feel like there's such a delta right now between what he could be capable of and, and where he is right now that it's just... I don't know. It, it's a little disheartening, and again, you want him to succeed, but I, I just, I'm really struggling to see where that's going to happen this season, unless it's in the you know early rounds of the FA Cup or EFL Cup, depending upon you know. I mean, we're playing Nottingham Forest. I mean, that that should be a game where he plays and scores one to two goals, easy. All right, well, let us know what you guys think on social media, email as well. Feel free to get in touch with us. Let us know where Mishi stands, uh, you know, in Conte's plans. It, you know, is a little tough right now as far as it goes. But uh, what about this? Any other thoughts, guys? Anything else that you want to touch on that maybe we didn't cover already? Not really. No, I think we're good. Nick, man of the match poll time. Um, Let's see, who are options this week? The options were Andreas Christensen, Sesk Fabregas, William, and David Zepacosta. And, uh, yeah, look, I mean, William was the BBC man of the match, and I thought he played very well. Zepacosta was our man of the match with 44%. I mean, goal and an assist, I think generally really good performance. Uh, Dan, that's what, that's what our man of the match was all about. Yeah, I think some people might have dismissed the Zappa part and selected it because they saw Costa at the end. Uh, they are two different people. Uh, one uh, does jet skis with his dog. Uh, the other uh, currently plays for Chelsea in competitive matches. All right, well, good news as far as uh, group standings go. Atletico and Roma tied each other, so they only got a point apiece. So that puts Chelsea at the top three points and plus six goal differential. Uh, A big, big opportunity for Chelsea to continue and kind of go on from here. So as you look ahead to Arsenal, guys, at JPG174907 says, how hard are we going to smash Arsenal? I would say, like... I think that the the momentum of both teams kind of gives you the story that you're looking for, but I have a weird feeling this is going to be harder than we thought, um, and the match is going to be a little bit tougher. Uh, I don't want to bring down the mood in the room, which it sounds like I'm doing, but uh, you have to think back to the the last four times we played Arsenal. Uh, it's been it's been a tough go, and especially in the FA Cup, we we didn't bring it. So I'm hope hopeful. Um, that we do, Dan, and I hope I hope we show up and and six nil them. Yeah, I, I don't know if six nil. I'm, I'm thinking more of like a, a three one kind of scenario. I'm genuinely excited to see Bakayoko in the midfield because I think that's where we we've struggled these past few matches uh, against Arsenal, and then also on the wings. You know, no Oxley Chamberlain there now. Uh, went to Liverpool to lose even more um, than mm-hmm. he did with Arsenal, which was quite hilarious. 
and yeah, I actually think we'll we'll probably be pretty successful. I I imagine if they get a goal, it's going to be Lacazette though. You know, he, he's showing that transitioning to the Premier League is not going to be an issue for him, just like Morata. So I would I would watch out for him. Maybe Wenger won't play him though, Brandon. Maybe <laughs> maybe he'll like to go with the weak lineup. Who knows? I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that he's rested both of his main strikers to play Theo Walcott up top, which is well, he, brilliant. He's focusing on the Europa League. You know, he really wants to get back into the Champions League, and he knows it's his best shot. Well, speaking of that, they do host FC Köln this Thursday, team from Germany. So we'll see how that goes for him. Uh, Chelsea and Arsenal turn around and play on Sunday, so that will be Chelsea's next match. Um you know, Nick, the way I look at it is we are home, so we should have an advantage, but you just Arsenal, it, it always ends up being trickier than maybe it has to be. And so while we do have the potential to go out and just run them into the ground, at the same time, like, we're going to have to earn this one. We have to grind it out. So hopefully we don't give up an early goal to them. We've done that the last couple times we played them, uh, and that kind of always sets us back. In, in an awkward position so um i don't know we'll, we'll kind of have to see how it goes but hey so far we're off to a great start into our champions league campaign like we said three points plus six goal difference nothing more you could ask for loved getting to see some guys get time get some minutes that we haven't normally seen so overall uh we think it was a fantastic day out for chelsea let us know what you think as always facebook twitter instagram email everything you guys want let us know uh, but with that being said, we're going to wrap this one up with final thoughts. So, gentlemen, Dan, what would you like to end with? Yeah, I, I would just like to remind everybody that we will be getting out the information for the XL Tour trips that we're working on for a little bit of uh, Champions League, a little bit of Premier League action heading into the uh, the December time frame here. So we're going to get that information out this week. And uh, we're looking forward to potentially getting uh, getting to meet some of y'all on a, a trip over to Sanford Bridge. That sounds awesome, dude. That sounds like the best, coolest thing that a person could do. You know, well, to, mainly to it's because us. you're there, Nick. Yeah. Whoa, yeah, it's the whoa, beard. Okay. It's the beard. Uh, look, Brandon, uh, we, we know after having spent time together that the beard just naturally attracts people. You know, it's it's, it's kind the, of the powder keg element. You know, they, yeah. you know, everybody knows that. You know, we just give you a little whiskey. You might go off on a tangent about Gary Cahill, and uh, you know, you might make uh, make a couple people happy or sad. So, <laughs> whiskey and Cahill tangents. There we go. Boom. Uh, my final thought, Brandon, uh, before we get to you, would be I uh, just want to thank our friend Chris Axon, who is. A tremendous guy, a guy that we met when we were in London. Uh, we occasionally post his photos to our Instagram account, um, but he has, and, and we'll tag him there as well. So what you need to do is go follow him, uh, go follow his journeys. He posts great articles as well, uh, Chelsea-esque. So uh, just wanted to give him a quick shout out. He's he's fantastic. Absolutely huge, huge friend of the pod. Got to see him last time we went to London. Start to connect the dots here, people. Go to London, meet really cool people. But my Good last, point. my last uh, comment will just be uh, kind of around the the um, the Alvaro Morata chance. I think the club came out. We're pretty specific about that. Uh, we hope and encourage the Chelsea community to, uh, you know embrace what's right in this situation uh Murata will do a lot of awesome things for us to come up with something clever about him and celebrate him with so uh just want to kind of put our wrap on that but with that being said Chelsea fans 
we are done. That is a wrap for this episode. Until next time, that means Arsenal. You know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the London is Blue podcast covering everything related to Chelsea FC. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to submit your questions. And if you like this episode, a five-star review in the iTunes store would help other Chelsea fans find us. 